Hi, and welcome to another People Progressing podcast. And today I'm really excited with have Lauren Heinrich on today, who um, has a very, very, very powerful story. Um, I've known her dad, John, for a long time. Great guy, great coach, a great friend of mine. And so is, so is her mom, Lisa, who was a great friend of mine in high school. And uh, Lauren has a, a, a very, very powerful story that we can all learn from. And, and, and she's going to go through it and then go through how she's overcome it and now helping others. So Lauren, I just uh, welcome you to, to our podcast. And um, it's going to be an awesome day. And I, I hope that... Um, a lot of people watch this because it's a really powerful story and how you're going to help people. So thanks for coming on and just tell us a little bit about yourself and everything and a little background and then you can kind of get into your story. Sounds good. Um, I'm Lauren, obviously, but I grew up in Littleton um, as well as my parents did. So um, family names were pretty well known. Um, my parents divorced at a really young age and that really took a toll on um, my brother and I. Um, my mom remarried and that was just a complete disaster. Um, between the just, you know, parents, divorce, fighting, um, arguing and that on top of that, we had this evil guy, um, a part of our lives. And, um, with that came some physical, um, mental and sexual abuse, um, between my brother and I. Um, so with that, I mean, just, just that in itself, you know, as a child is really hard to one, even open up about. And that, um, as I'll tell you later on as well, was held between my brother and I for, well, until he passed away actually. Yeah. But, um, you know, growing up, we were always at the baseball field, always at the baseball field. And if there were not pictures of me being held in the hospital I was born at, I would have been convinced that I was born at a baseball field. Um, but uh, that was just, that was just our lives. Played sports, um, did all of the above, went into middle school. Um, my brother, a year older than me, was the popular one. Everybody loved JT. Um, so I kind of, you know, trinkled in his footsteps. Um, it really was about eight, he was in eighth grade, um, going into freshman year and we, there was a big thing that happened with my dad. Um, a lot of false news was put out, um, about a bunch of stuff basically leading to him losing his job heritage, um, as the baseball coach. So for my brother going in as a freshman, the baseball program was nothing. It wasn't a good experience for him. Um, you know, the coaches took out all of their anger and, you know, dislikes for my dad on my brother. And he really, really suffered from it. Um, which was sad because I mean, he, he loved baseball. He, that was, again, that was our life. Um, so as a you know, freshman, as I was a freshman in high school, um, I felt when I entered there that I never really had the identity uh, of my own. It was, you know, JT's sister or Coach Q's daughter. So it was kind of like a battle for me, like, I'm Lauren, you know, hello. But I, I stood my ground. I did the best I could. Um, I, you know, I cheered. I played soccer. I did all of that. 
that stuff. And um, it was it was suicide prevention week of, in my freshman year. And I remember sitting in the auditorium and, you know, there's kids chattering behind me and all around me and laughing and giggling. And this poor mom is just standing up on the stage, just, you know, pouring her heart out to all of us, telling us about her son and how he committed suicide. And, you know, in my head, I, at the time I was like, this, does not happen like this isn't this this is just like to scare us or you know like I've never heard of anything like this um and I just kind of that's how I left it that day and um moving into my brother he um you know he he was a very popular kid he hung out with older people um the girls loved him everything about him so you know he he was drinking and when I say drinking it was beers here and there, you know, going, going to someone's house and drinking beer. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, so then here comes little sister, you know, and I wanted to be a part of, you know, the fun. So we, you know, we'd go to people's houses and drink and whatnot like that. Um, there was a day though, um, he was running out to center field, um, and he just collapsed and it was, you know, as a sister, like in the stands, I was kind of like, did he trip and fall? Like, you know, probably shouldn't have laughed at him, but, um, it wasn't until my dad went sprinting after him, um, that I knew something was wrong. Um, after they, you know, got him on a stretcher into the hospital, I was in the waiting room with my grandma, you know, pacing back and forth. What happened? Is he okay? Like you, you don't, you don't really know that feeling until it happens to you. You know what I'm saying? Like you see stuff happen. You're like, Oh man, that sucks. But once it's your like blood and the people you love, you're like, okay. Um, so it turned out that he had a very, very severe panic attack to the point where it was like crippling and he just passed out basically. Um, at the time I was like, okay, that's a relief. You know, it's nothing with his heart. It wasn't anything, you know, more serious at the time, you know? So they put him, um, they gave him like a treatment plan and my dad was very straightforward. Like, let's go, let's go do this. Let's get him taken care of. I want to make sure that he is okay. And, you know, they ended up putting him on some antidepressants. And for those of you that don't know about these antidepressants, it is so important that you follow them to a T because the second you feel you don't need them anymore or the second you feel like harming yourself you need to speak to your doctor immediately and unfortunately in my brother's case being under the age of 18 you know he was supposed to be checked on every two weeks just a simple check-in hey how's it going how do you feel what's new my brother never got any of that um and as my dad and i still to this day say you know he he was doing good he was full of life he was back into doing what he loved and happy and funny. And, um, that's, you know, that's in our eyes, perfect. That's what we wanted to see. Um, so my brother, I mean, he never got, he, he was not a good student. He was a jokester. Um, but I mean, his grades were C's. He had a few D's. Um, and my dad was always on him, you know, like you can't, you're not gonna be able to play if you don't get your grades up. And, um, so my brother, my dad would call me or, you know, have me go look down on the computer and pull up his grades and tell him what it was. So my dad knew and, 
I would always run in and talk to my brother and be like, all right, you have a C, a C, a, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, oh yeah, tell him that one's a B, that one's an A. And I, I did it, you know, I'm, I'm the little sister. I'm going to vouch for you a little bit. Dad's not going to know. And it, um, that went on for, for maybe like a month or two, I would say. And, um, it was just kind of the normal thing that happened. It was about two weeks before February. Um, so I had just turned 15 and I was in school or I was in my English class and one of my brother's friends, best friends, Jake came sprinting into my English class and pulled me out. Um, he goes, it's an emergency. So I went out and he goes, you know, Lauren, I don't know what to do. Your brother is saying he's done. He's, he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's giving up. And I'm like, what are you like, what are you talking about baseball? You know, he goes, no, Lauren, like he wants to kill himself. And I'm like, what? Like, that's, I mean, this is, this is, this is my brother who has been with me since day one, who we have shared so much together and fought so hard together. And all of a sudden he just wants to give up. Like to me, I'm like, this is, this is a bunch of BS, you know? So I asked him where he was and he said that he was in the parking lot of Heritage blaring his music, um, waiting for me to get out of class. So I just grabbed my stuff, you know, panic text my dad saying, what do I do? And he told me just to get in the car. Don't let him know that we know anything. Just get him home. Um, so I got in the car and for you guys that know Santa Fe, um, he was going about a hundred miles an hour down Santa Fe running through lights. And it was one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, just like, Oh my God, we're going to get hit. Something's going to happen. Thankfully we pulled into the house. He just went inside about his business, went downstairs. And my dad and I just kind of sat there and we sat there in silence for, I mean, a good 15, 20 minutes. It felt like hours. Just like, what, what do we do with this information? Where, what do we say? What do we not say to make this better? Um, so we finally called him up and we just, we laid it out for him. We told him how much he means to us, how important he is to us, how much we love him. Um, you know, what he would, what it would do to us if he, you know, did something so awful and, you know, the family and just all of his friends. And we, at that point, clearly, like we really thought that we got through to him. I mean, he gave us both hugs. It ended in tears. We were convinced that, you know, okay, we got it. Like now we just got to kind of play it cool, you know, just kind of keep an eye on him, but not too crazy. Um, so within that two weeks, um, it all, it, at first it was just a blur, um, you know, because after that conversation, everything just kind of felt like it was going back up. Um, when really we didn't know that it was just sinking further at that point. Um, so, you know, he was started like sending random things to random people. And again, these are the signs that people say you need to look out for. And these are also the signs that after you lose someone to suicide, that you're literally like, why the F did I not think of this? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, I could have stopped that. And that's another thing I'll talk about is those what ifs, because they will, they can kill you. Like they will, you know, take you over. Um, 
so sure enough, here comes, you know, Valentine's Day. And my dad called me. It was the night before Valentine's Day. I'm sorry. Um, he called me and said, I need you to pull up your brother's grades. I said, okay, you know, no problem. I called my brother. I said, hey, you know, dad wants your grades. He goes, just tell him what they are. I said, okay. I was like, did you do something to get straight A's or, you know? He goes, no, they're, just tell them what they are. I said, okay. So hung up the phone and I pulled him up and it was F, 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 F. And I'm like, weird. So I called him back and I said, you know, JT, these are all Fs. I can't tell dad this. He goes, yeah, it's fine. Tell him. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not telling him that. Like, no way. So of course, me being the sister, I told dad it was, you know, a C and a B and another C. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that next day I ended up taking, that's Valentine's day. Now, um, I ended up taking the day off to decorate my then boyfriend's, you know, room with hearts or whatever. And my phone just kind of just got really weird messages throughout the day. And, and with, when I say weird, it was just like, you know, my brother just randomly like, Hey, have you seen that one t-shirt that I used to wear two years ago that looked like this? And I'm like, what? Like, you know, Oh, did you freeze on me again? No, we're good. <laughs> okay. I can hear you. Now we're good. Now we're good. Okay. Um, so just weird stuff like that. And then I'm getting text messages from friends like, Hey, is your brother okay? And I'm like, yeah, like, what do you guys like, you know, and the, the thing is, is it never popped back in my head to that conversation that we had two weeks ago. It just never came across my head that maybe this was going on. And soon enough, it's like, people are like, where's your brother? Where's your brother? Where's your brother? And I'm like, I don't know. It's three o'clock, you know, in the afternoon. I, I don't know. And they're like, well, you know, can you figure out where he is? So I call my dad, um, you know, about after like an hour and a half or so of all of this going on. And I'm like, I don't want to freak him out, but now I'm kind of starting to freak out. And I called my dad and I said, you know, Hey, where's, where's JT? He goes downstairs. Why? And I said, well, his friends are just wondering where he's at. And he goes, what do you mean? It's a school night. Like he's obviously at home. What is, I, I, I don't get the question. He goes, I'm going, going to the store. I'll call you back in 15. So if there is one thing about my dad is when he says he's going to call you, he's going to call you. And, um, so about 15 minutes had passed and I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. And then I get a text message from my brother saying, you know, don't judge me, love me. And I'll always be in your heart. And at that moment, I'm like, you know, Oh God. Oh God. Um, so I am psycho dialing my dad. I am blowing up his phone. He's not answering. He's not answering. I'm like this, what is going on? My phone is blowing up from people. Please tell me you're with JT. Please tell me you're with JT. I'm psycho dialing my brother's phone. Like nobody's answering me. So I finally call my grandpa and I'm like, you know, where are you? What is going on? He goes, Lauren, I'm, I'm at your house right now. I need you to be right. I'm coming to pick you up. I said, okay, can you tell me, you know, what's going on? 
He goes, all I know is they, they're, they're trying to save his life. And I'm like, and so at that point I went, I, I went just like numb, but in my head, all I heard was the word trying, you know? So like in my head is, okay, he's done something, but he's not gone to an extent. Right. So I kind of just put my phone on the back burner. He comes and gets me and I'm just asking him in the car, what happened? What happened at this point? I'm like, did he, was it a gun? Was it pills? Was it, you know, was it a rope? What was it? So I remember pulling up to the hospital and I just opened my door. The car was still moving. I just opened the door and I ran inside and I said, I'm here for my brother. They asked me who he was. I said, JT Corden and these ladies, these three ladies just put their heads down. And, um, at this time in life, I was not on good terms with my mom. Um, and a lot of that reasoning was for the ex-husband. So, um, you know, I didn't, that's. Come back, come back. Um, and they took me into a room with my mom and I'm like, this is the last person I want to see. I was, you know, I, I started getting frantic. I started yelling. I don't, you know, where's my, where's my brother? Where's my dad? I need to see my dad. You know, where's my, where's my brother? And they're like, we're, we're going to take you. He's just, you know, not going to look the same. So again, in my head, I'm like, he's not going to look the same. Okay. So he's alive. And I asked the lady, I go, so he's alive. And my mom just dropped her knees hysterical. And she goes, no, he's, he's gone. Um, and from that point, it just, it was like a, a twilight zone, if you will. Um, I remember like walking into the like ICU room, my dad just on his knees, like yelling, not my buddy not my buddy. And then once he saw me, he like did not let go of me. And my main goal for some reason, I just needed to know how it was done. Um, so when I went in there and realized that it was from, you know, hanging himself that I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that did for me at the time, to be honest with you, but it's what I needed. Um, so that was, that was, the worst night of my life. Um, and that is where, that's where I was now a 15 year old girl without her best friend and her brother. And that right there is bad enough. Um, the amount of stuff I had to deal with afterward, um, going back to school in itself is I'm not saying that I was, I mean, I, I took advantage of the situation completely, but I took about a month and a half off of school just because I wasn't ready. I didn't, you know, my dad mainly didn't want to leave me like out of his sight. He couldn't bear that fact um, of not knowing what I was, what I was doing at every moment of every day. Um, and I remember that first day going back and it was, 
it was horrible. Um, and it wasn't anything that was said directly toward me. It was the whispers that you heard, you know, walking by, Oh, that's, that's the girl, you know, her brother committed. Oh, I heard she found him, you know, like all that, that gossip. Yeah. And if I could go back and just give the advice to these high school and middle school kids is like, you don't understand how your words can affect somebody so deeply. Um, even if you're just having a side conversation and someone hears you, that can affect somebody in ways that you can't even imagine. And, you know, that literally stuck with me and it just made me, it, it built up so much just hate, I think it was, and so much just anger. Um, because you go back to, and all of a sudden everybody's just living their lives and, you know, moving on with their lives. But here you are still in this like days in this tunnel of like, wait a minute, like my life is still a complete mess and you guys are laughing and living your life. So I think that was one of the hardest pills to swallow is have all these people supporting you right when it happens and then all of a sudden just poof and it's nobody's fault because they deserve to you know they deserve to move on with their lives and unfortunately you know we're we're the ones that have to live with that um so that's when high school kind of took a turn for the worse for me um and it was my own doing um i I was in a position where I felt smothered. Um, I felt like my livelihood was ripped from me. Um, the constant looking over me from my family, making sure, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Where are you? Every second of every day at, you know, 15 years old, that's, you don't have the mindset to be like, this is why they're doing it. I had the mindset where it was, you know what, I went through this too, give me a break. And to this day, I am still just like, I can't apologize enough to both of my parents and especially my dad for what I put him through because I took full advantage of knowing full well that he wasn't going to tell me no for the fear of losing another child. And just saying that makes me sick to my stomach, but I mean, it's, it's the raw truth. And so I now as a, as a freshman without an identity to start with, now you throw this into the mix and it's kind of like, where do I go? Who do I, who do I hang out with? So I attached on to the people that wanted to be a part of me, you know, like, and that was mostly, you know, kids older than me. So, and a lot of my brother's friends. So I held on to that and I completely dismissed the friends that I had, you know, as a eighth grader and a freshman, I dismissed them because I didn't feel like they understood. I felt safe with that group that knew my brother because I felt we were all going through the same thing and they could understand. Um, and I personally cannot speak for them, but I, looking back on it now that I am sober, um, I started off drinking normal, 
you know, it's not normal to drink as a high schooler, but it, you know, um, you know, beers here and there, and it gradually turned into hard alcohol. And when I say hard alcohol, I'm not talking a couple shots. I'm talking bottles, um, you know, drinking to the point of blacking out and passing out and waking up the next day and feeling like crap and drinking again. And this is 15 going into 16 years old. Um, and I, like I said, looking back on it now, that was, that started my coping. That's how I started coping and dealing with things at the time. It was having fun, but now, I mean, it was not, it was to put a bandaid on what I felt until the next day. And then when it hit me again, I would go right back to the bottle. Um, so I actually, I mean, that's the rest of freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. I have in those three and a half years turned myself into the victim where I, I'm going to do what I want because uh, this happened to me and I deserve, I deserve better. I deserve everything. Nothing bad can happen to me because the worst has already happened. And I took advantage of that. And I soon became the girl that your, their parents didn't want their kids around. Um, and to me, when these, you know, people would say, no, I don't, we, we're not hanging out with you. I would just completely turn it on them. Never taking responsibility for what I was doing. I ended up getting expelled my senior year for drinking. Um, I was captain of the cheerleading team. I had everything going for me. Um, I was homecoming royalty junior year. You know, I had all this stuff and I just completely threw it away because of alcohol, because that was my normal, that was my normal like medicine, if you will. And it just, it, it got me through the day until I could follow. Would you say that after all this happened with your brother and stuff, I always say that you have a, a split in the road. You can either become a more bitter or you can become better. And at that point in your life, you're 15. Obviously it's really easy to be a bitter person. Mm -hmm. And well, I think too, you don't have at that age, you don't have that, you don't have that, you know, those tools in your head yeah. to know, okay, this has happened. Which path do I choose? That was never something that crossed my head. It was, this has happened. Here I go. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's not, that's just not something that was, you know, taught to me. Right. And it's understandable, right? I mean, you're 15. <laughs> you yeah. know, everyone else in your life that, is important to you is going, you know, they're trying to deal and stuff too with, yeah. with the tragedy and so forth. So um, let's, let's go to how you've come out of that now. Um, this, so this is, this is the, this is awesome how you've come out of that. I'm so proud of you. It's, well, it's really cool. So it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. And that right. is one thing I cannot stress enough to people. Um, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a week, it doesn't happen in a year. It doesn't happen. It takes a while and it's work and it's, um, it's 100% worth it. Um, I continued my drinking up until, um, 2000, let's see, it'll be two years in January that I have been sober. So you're talking 12, 
15 years of destroying, I wouldn't say destroying because I, you know, have come out of it, but I, I, I did a lot of damage in that time. Um, relationships, my health, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I had really hit rock bottom and, you know, there were times before where I was like, Oh, this is rock bottom. And then I, <laughs> it froze again. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're not going to stop it. We're just going to keep going because it's going to come back. I'm sorry for the people watching. I think, are you back? Yes. I'm okay. Back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> You're so awesome. <laughs> Where did we leave off? Are we good? Yeah. Just about kind of coming out after the 12 years of drinking. Um, yeah. So um, I hit rock bottom and there were many times in that 12 years where I hit rock bottom, but I just didn't hit it hard enough. Um, and unfortunately that is what has to happen for most people to wake up. Um, there were several times in that 12 years where I was like, what's the point? You know, who cares why, you know, and just overcoming that in itself is huge. And I had, I mean, I have two children now, I'm married, have two children. And even with both of my kids being born after my son was born, um, you know, I stayed sober through both pregnancies. Um, it was fine. And then after, you know, there was some stuff that happened with my daughter. So I waited a little bit longer to drink after that. Um, but like with my son, I had him and for some reason that mindset of I deserve a drink kicked in. Um, and you know, when you first start, you're like, I got this, I can control this. Um, next thing you know, it, it got to a point where I'm drinking at night and I wake up and I, I have to drink again to level myself out to be normal you know, or you start detox or, you know, you start all of that withdrawals and stuff. So that was going on for a while. And finally, you know, it, it took a lot of reality checks and, um, conversations with my parents and my husband and family and the support from them. And it just, it clicked. Um, and that, I know that that is not easy for people to just I need to be sober. It's not, it's not easy and it's never going to be easy. Um, you know, I tried a couple of AA meetings and it wasn't for me. I, you know, went and saw a psychiatrist immediately. Um, and I did my research on antidepressants and medications and I've been taking them now for two years and I follow everything. And that's enough, you know, that's why I was stressing that before because there are times where, you know, I'm like, maybe I don't need this. And at that moment in time, I will immediately call my doctor and be like, Hey, what do you, you know, I don't know. This just crossed my mind. They will, you, you have to do that because you can't just stop this stuff. Um, there are so many different options in getting help. And I ended up searching. I went through about four therapists. And finally, the last one, I sat down with her very first meeting and I said, here's the situation. I said, I have a lot to talk about. I don't want 
to come in here and have you ask me how it makes me feel. That's not why I'm here. I need to get down and dig into everything now. Can you do that for me? And since then it's been, I mean, it's exactly what I needed. So my biggest thing guys is like, not, not one thing is going to work for everybody. Um, and it's going to take several things just like it did for me to get to where I'm at, but it is possible. There were days where there, that light at the end of the tunnel, I used to absolutely despise that saying, like that is the most obnoxious thing in the world until I literally found it. Um, and it's life is so valuable. And if it's, you know, if you're not feeling like it is, then you're wrong. <laughs> um, there are, there are people out there that care. And even if it's a bad day or somebody's yelling at you or you got fired or you're, you know, you're overwhelmed and stressed as a mom or a parent, there are resources out there. I, I personally am here. I have my phone on 24 seven for anybody at this moment in time. And for the rest of my life, I will, because I truly believe that you all, including, um, including myself, we can come out of the hellhole that we're living or have lived and we can, you know, start new. It can happen. And I believe that. And I proof of that. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this, because this is, I mean, it's getting me so excited to see where you're at now. Um, what's your purpose? What's your purpose in life? My purpose um, is to just be the best that I can be. And when I say that, I know that's cliche, but I want to be that person that someone can look at and say, hey, you know what? She did it. I can too. I want my kids to look at me when they're older and even now and say, hey, you know what? my mom's a badass. She did this. And I want them to be proud of who I am. I want my family to be proud of who I am because I myself am. And I want, I want to be able, if I could, I want to literally pick anybody up by the hand that needs to be, that has been knocked down and sh just bring them back up because I feel like the world we're living in right now is so evil and it's so easy to just give up and it's not, it's not worth it. There's well, so much more. Yeah. And it, you, you answered the question because I was saying that when your purpose is greater than yourself, you're in a good place. You're, you're in a happy, you're, you're going to be fulfilled with life. Yeah. And you answered that question because how many times in that last statement that I asked you, what's your purpose in life now? And you said, how many people did you mention? How many other people, your kids, your family, anybody who needs help, come see me. Your purpose is greater than yourself. And it gives me goosebumps. I'm, I seriously have goosebumps right now listening to that because that's what your purpose is, is, is greater than yourself. And going through all that you've gone through, what's your perspective on life now? Um, I mean, it's, it's a gift. Um, it's, it really is. It's just a gift. It's a gift to be able to wake up in the morning. It's a gift to, you know, 
have your kids running around healthy and happy and crazy because my kids are crazy. Um, but you know, just, we may not, I might not have everything that I could possibly dream of and want material. Like I can't say that word materialistically. Um, but I have all I need. My, my, my family's happy, um, and healthy. I have a roof over my head. I'm, I can look at myself in the mirror and smile and I can see clearly I can, you know, and I can, now that I'm content with myself, I can use my strength and my fight and put it on to others and do what I can with that. And then the, the last one I have to ask you is what's your passion? What do you love to do? Oh, this could go a different way. <laughs> um, you've kind of, you've kind of answered it already. Kind but. Of have, yeah. I just, I, if there's one thing that I have learned um, and one thing that really helps me cope still to this day and deal with my past is watching someone else achieve, you know, watching someone else dig deep and find and come out of that hole. And if it, if I even had a little piece in helping in that, then that's all, that's all I need. (laughs) Purpose equals passion and passion equals purpose with a little uh, perspective sprinkled in between. And you just said all three of those things and that what you're doing, um, you're going to blow this up. And what I mean by that is the amount of people that you're going to be able to help with your story and how you've overcome it and the difficulties that you had in that process of overcoming it. And like you said it, you said it, that sometimes it takes people longer than others. Yes. With the it's process not. of overcoming. And it, I don't, one thing too, guys, is if you're listening to this, is my journey and my ways of getting to where I am are not going to be the same ways that someone else is. But um, like I've said in some of my posts on Facebook is I am willing to take the time to help you find the ways that do work. So just because I did it some way and if you try that and it doesn't work, don't give up and don't get frustrated because there's a million different ways to, to get you to where you need to be. God, you're my hero. <laughs> I wish we could, I wish the pandemic wasn't here because I would be giving you a ginormous hug right now just because. I'm, well, when it's over, we can, we'll get one. <laughs> well, because I, you know, I haven't known you very long. I, right. I've known who you are because of your mom and your dad. And like I said, your dad's a dear friend of mine. I, I've always looked up to your dad as a coach and as a person and, and same with your mom. She was always so nice to everybody and she still is. I mean, she's just one of those people that brings people together. And, she um, knows everyone too. Oh, everyone. She's, yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> and she's got a great man too right now. Is my, um, Coach Nelson is, is the man. He's yep. meant a lot to me in my life. So you got a lot of good people in your life. And, um, and your husband has to be just a, 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 a saint and a great person too, you know, helping you through the process. And, you know, I know it's, it's, it's a process that you had to go through by yourself. But you also had a lot of people trying to help you and, and, and stick by you during that process. And that's, yeah. that's an important thing, too. Very important. And, um, you know, as I look at you with the Christmas tree behind you and the big smile on your face, you're in a great, you're in a great place. And, um, you know, I, I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but I'm not, you know, it, it's, it's a tough deal what you've had to go through. But I know it is. 
I, 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 I always tell myself though, I say it's okay because one day I will see JT again and I'm going to beat him up. So. And I, I will tell you probably the number one person that is proud of you right now is your brother JT. And I that's, can, I can that's, one of my tell big, that. that's one of my big purposes as well is to live my life through him and for him. Yeah, I, I, I lost a daughter. My two oldest kids are surviving triplets. And I think about her on every day. And it's the same thing. If you have faith, my faith tells me that I'm going to be with her in heaven someday. Exactly. And I know that and that keeps me going. And, um, but I, I do know that JT is the number one fan of yours and, and how proud he is of you. And, better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know he is. And the let and and the thing is too, you're you're carrying on his legacy as well. And I want you to know that because his legacy, and you mentioned what kind of a great kid he was and how happy he was and how he made people feel good and everything else. And guess what you're doing now? You're doing the exact same thing. Yep. And um I, I just can't say enough about you. And um <laughs> we're gonna keep blowing this thing up. I'm I'm gonna try to talk to you about writing a book possibly and Oh, I'm all for it. Yeah. All for it. Let's get going on this thing because there's a lot of people out there that have been in the same position or in the same position right now with the, with the loss of a loved one, yep. um, with the alcohol problems and, and so forth. And you're right. The world needs leaders like you in it to help people through a lot of things. So keep, keep going. It's I will. So cool. And if you ever need anything from me, let me know. And I'll do the same with you. If I need somebody, Absolutely. if I know somebody that needs some, somebody. Absolutely. Send them my way. I, Anybody a, else watching it, come my way. In a heartbeat, I will. <laughs> I seriously have tears in my eyes right now. So, I, I want you to have a great Christmas with your family. Um, enjoy every day. You yep. know, live your purpose, perspective, and passion. I have, a, I have a thing. I call it PIP. Okay. Pray, pray in the morning for thankfulness. Three things that you're thankful for every morning. And then listen to something that's inspirational, like this. Listen to something that inspires you so that you can go out and inspire others and then progress every day. Figure out some way that you can keep progressing, keep learning, keep growing, keep progressing. So pip every day and you do that every day and just keep doing that and keep helping others do the same. You're, you're awesome. It's what, what I'm here for. You're awesome. <laughs> So uh, thank you for being on and um, we will be talking soon. And um, you just blew me away. Thanks, Lauren. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you.